Gives you melons, the podcast for the dyslexic community, hosted by a couple of sisters. Dyslexic sisters. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, who else is better to talk about dyslexia than dyslexics? We're your hosts. I'm Reed, and I'm Drew. And today's topic is one that I keep saying I'm going to make, and then I just don't make it. And now it's happening. We're making it. The PC episode, basically the stuff you should and shouldn't say to people with dyslexia. We're not going to go over. I say this in every single episode that we're not diving deep into all of these things. And it's true because there's a lot of information in everything we talk about. So we've always kind of had this surface level information coming at you. Don't want to overwhelm everybody. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of uh, terms, sentences, sayings, remarks that we hear constantly that just is not okay. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about actually why they're not okay. Maybe... You didn't know that they weren't okay, and maybe you didn't even realize the consequences of them. And that's okay. That's why you're here, listening and learning. Yep, and we welcome you. <laughs> yes. Okay, so our first thing to not say to a dyslexic, I'm a bit dyslexic too. Yeah. Oh, are you? Yeah, when you, when you say something like that, like, I'm a bit dyslexic too, when I've told you that I'm dyslexic, you're really just using that term as a scapegoat for any moment that you feel mildly stupid. And that's not okay because dyslexia isn't something to pull out to use as like a, oh, I'm having a air quote blonde moment. I'm having a dyslexic moment. No. Nope. That's not okay to say. No. I mean, it's as a dyslexic, hearing somebody say when they misspell a word, oh, I'm sorry, dyslexic moment. It's like, no, you, you can't have a dyslexic moment. Dyslexia is a way of life. Dyslexia is something I live every day. You had yeah. a brain fart, as my mother would say. Yeah, that whole idea of being a little bit of something. I'm a little bit dyslexic. Mm, no, because exactly that. Dyslexia is a diagnosis. It's our brain. It's physical. It's... An entire different way of processing. So be careful when you say things like, oh, I'm a little dyslexic to somebody. I mean, we do understand dyslexia is a spectrum and it affects everybody differently. But if you have dyslexia, you don't feel a little dyslexic. You feel dyslexic. Yeah. Okay. Our next one. But you don't look dyslexic. <laughs> so associating disabilities with physical ailments is one, just extremely ignorant. And two, it also backhandedly emphasizes the struggles of discrimination. Oh, because you don't look disabled, you must not be disabled. Because you look disabled, you must be extremely disabled. Like, it's a crazy thing to think about that people take so much emphasis off of a physical characteristics. Mm -hmm. And disabled people on any scale, don't like being necessarily treated that way. Um, but when you have a disability and people are like, really? You don't look it. Or I'd never know. You can carry on a conversation so well. It's like... What do you expect from a disabled person? What do you expect from a disabled person? And are you only 
understanding of disabled people who have an outward showing of it as well. And that really hurts. That really hurt me growing up, experiencing that kind of... Ableism. That's what it is. It's just ableism. Ableism. Yeah. Yeah, there's a a lot more understanding and um, acceptance of people that have a physical disability versus somebody that has a disability that you can't see like us, where all of a sudden you look normal, you shouldn't have this disability, so now you're this easy target, especially as a child, you're this easy target to pick on because it's easy to pick on the kid that is just dumb, in your opinion, and it's kind of rude. Well, to, you look normal. Yeah, it's kind of rude to pick on the kid that has a physical disability. So it's just kind of, it's interesting that we as people almost will do that. We'll pick on the weaker link up until they actually show that they're very, like, weak. It's interesting. Then you want to protect yeah. them. So it just, as a child, being targeted like that, um, I was targeted very hard in school uh, with teasing and um because you didn't look different because i didn't look different and the kids were like well if you don't look different you must just be dumb yeah i don't know any other way to say it an easy target an easy target it was what it feels like i mean that's like that is what it it basically is and it's you know yeah pull the band-aid off it is just people thinking that you're dumb because of it our next one just work harder we've talked about this before we as dyslexics are already doing that our brains, on average, are working five times harder just to stay aloft. Like, this idea of just work harder. Like, it's the fact that you're not trying hard enough and that's why you're dyslexic. That is just bullshit. Oh, it totally is. I mean, okay, I don't know if I've said this on this before, but I'm going to say it again even if I have. I love stories. And I love the idea of being able to read out of a book. And I've held that dream in my heart for, I will say, decades. So when I was in college, I took reading classes in a reading room to learn how to read. Yeah, you worked at it. I I made myself flashcards, color-coded, because I wanted to learn. And it was just so disheartening that I couldn't seem to make any headway. Mm -hmm. But I love stories. I love learning. Yeah. I love podcasts. I love all So we already, we already do that. We already are working harder. It's not this idea of, I don't want to, it's not this idea of, I find this difficult, so I don't want to do it. It's not what it is at all. It's this whole, like, work harder thing that's not helpful if there's no good instruction. Work harder. Work harder on what? Okay. Not to get angry. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, um, I have one other thing real quick. When it comes to reading, as much as I would love to learn how to do it, no matter how much I get trained in doing it, and I can if someday, maybe, I would love to do the four year, was it two hours for five days for four years? No, it's, it's like a, it's two to four years, depending on how you do it. Um, Four days a week for 45 minutes. Okay. I would love to do that someday. Totally would. But reading is always going to tire me out. I read a page and my eyes are tired. My brain's tired. I Sometimes I even need to take a nap afterwards. So yeah. I'm always going to lean towards listening to books and podcasts and stuff like that, which is cool. Although I will throw under this just mm-hmm. because it's not a part of like our other two ones that we're going to talk about. But I have under this whole like 
try harder thing. I also have heard, and you've been told this too, well, you just haven't found something that you like to read yet. And Mm. I come back to that with, I really like food. I'd really love to just be able to easy do a menu. I mean, I can do a menu relatively well enough, but like, don't tell me I haven't found the right thing to read because I like food. So Mm -hmm. like, come on, man. I actually have been given a book before this was the book that made me fall in love with reading. It's not that I don't like reading. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's not that I don't like reading. Actually, that leads us into our next one, which is... People say this all the time when you say, hey, I'm dyslexic, or you are having a conversation about it. And people are like, oh, I hate reading, too. I don't hate reading. Don't assume that I hate reading because I'm not good at it. It's a difficult thing, yes, but that doesn't mean I hate it. It just means that it's hard. Yeah. And as if you've been saying, you love stories. I love stories. We like to learn. We like to, you know take a new information and hear about far off lands but does not mean that I hate to read it just means that I'm dyslexic so like if you hate to read that's one thing you can hate to read and be good at reading you can love to read and just suck nuts at it that's like with anything you can love to dance and be horrid but you could hate to dance and have an absolutely natural rhythm Yeah, basically, like, dyslexia doesn't mean that I hate to read. It just, it's literally a different way of processing. So it's it's back to that whole, like, not understanding that dyslexia is a physical thing in my brain. (sighs) Okay, we've got one more in the pipeline. And this one is kind of one that we might tangent on for a second just because it's so asinine. What have you done to combat your dyslexia? Now, I'm going to start off with uh, two things. One, don't hold me accountable for what you think I should do to combat my dyslexia. Because that's what normally a lot of people are saying. Because they don't think you've done enough by their standards for your dyslexia. So that's one. Don't hold me to your standard of what I should do to combat my dyslexia. And two, dyslexia is a diagnosis. My brain is physically different. How dare you expect me as a child to figure out how to combat my own dyslexia and teach myself a new way of processing to read. That's ridiculous. Because it is because our brain processes the world differently. I mean, we process right to left and neurotypicals process left to right. And you're like, why haven't you taught your brain to process left to right yet? And we're like, say what again? It's like, well, why aren't you a specialist in reading and teaching people, you know, how to read? Like, that's basically what it is. It's you do realize that you need a specialist to help you with your dyslexia, right? Everyone knows this by now if you've been listening to the podcast that you need somebody giving you training for a long period of time to learn how to read. So this whole idea of like, what have you done to combat your dyslexia is just it is ignorance that is just shining bright. It's like a little star halo of ignorance walking around these people yeah what really the question you really should be asking is why aren't public schools better why aren't schools (laughs) teaching you the wilson reading program and other intensive reading therapy classes why aren't they doing that that's the question you should be asking the question is really yeah why are these public schools failing so much Mm? why aren't they having these things implemented why do we know that dyslexia is the largest learning disability in schools, yet no one really gives two shits to actually help us. And then just throws it to a world where they're like, oh, what have you done for yourself? Well, I was supposed to be going to school and they should have helped me there, but uh, I guess it didn't happen. Let's be a little bit more understanding. Well, wasn't this just a little rage recording? 
Well, I asked for someone who went through the public school system. <sighs> I have a right to be angry. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that like these little sayings that we've come up to, I hear this all of the time when I say I'm dyslexic to somebody. One of these five things somebody says, my favorite ones and the most, the ones that you get all the time is like, oh, I was dyslexic, but I grew out of it. Well, you can't grow out of it. So no, you weren't dyslexic. But it's always like, I get that they're trying to like say that like, oh, they understand, but this is showing me just how much you do not understand. Mm -hmm. Like I've had friends or I've had friends who reading didn't come fast, but once it clicked, they were, they were off, off for the races. No. And that's not someone who had dyslexia. So maybe the next time that you're watching your, you know, favorite Netflix show and you hear them say a line about, oh, dyslexic moment, maybe you'll cringe a little bit because I do. Mm -hmm. I don't just cringe. I kind of hurt inside a little bit. Honestly, it gives it's, it's, a, it's a little short pain in my chest. It's like, yeah, my diagnosis <sighs> isn't a scapegoat. Yeah, my diagnosis is not a scapegoat for your dumb moment. Yeah, to make you feel better, especially because it doesn't make me feel better at all knowing that people use that to make themselves feel better when they're mm -hmm. feeling stupid. Okay. Because I'm not stupid, y'all. Not stupid. Okay. My little melons, I hope you've learned something today. I hope you enjoyed listening to our passion because this subject is one of the most passionate ones for us. Well, it's the one that happens all of the time, I feel like. the What you shouldn't say well, to a dyslexic. It's the one that affects your whole life like okay this isn't on there as something not to say to a dyslexic but this is something that happens to me sometimes when I go out to a place like an ice cream shop and I want to get an ice cream now I can read most of the typical flavors but some of them I can't and you know what it also just takes me longer so sometimes I will ask the person behind the counter what flavors do you have and sometimes they'll turn and point, they're right here. Oh. And I've come to a point in my life where I don't mind saying, hey, I actually have a hard time reading that. Will you please read it to me? Some days I'm just like, you know what? I'll just go with the standard that I know what I like and whatever. You know, it, but you know, th these kind of things affect us because the person yeah. would never have thought I was dyslexic or I had a problem because I don't look. Yeah. Like I have a problem. But you're not supposed to. You're anyway. people with ideas of disabilities. Because yeah. that's not, again, looking like you have a problem and not looking like you have a problem is really unhelpful to people like with that are physically disabled. You're assuming that they're stupid because they're physically disabled. And that's not true either. It's just obnoxious to me. No. Actually, they the, the, a person who's physically disabled, it does not mean they're slow either. And I'm sure they'd take it very insultingly. If you came up to them and acted like they were slow when they just have a physical impairment. Yeah. Just please, people, do not assume things. So that's basically it for this one. We're going to, we'll go over more, obviously. We'll always have more to talk about with this topic. As always, you can head over to Instagram at melons.podcast on Instagram, melons.podcast. I even have that email button working over there. So if you want to send us any tidbits or longer pieces that's where you send it to as always please follow and share and leave us reviews all of these things help melons find us and really helps the algorithm in general and on top of that it tells us that we're doing something that you like so that's nice to know with that i will leave you with this 
last little bit of info. This is our 15th episode, which means it's also our final episode for season one. We've had a really good time making these past 15 episodes, and I'm glad that we've been able to share it with more people out there. We are going to take a two-week hiatus and be back for season two. We've got some really interesting things planned for that that we're trying to figure out at the moment. So bear with us, and hopefully we'll have some interesting content for you. Definitely. We'll have some more interesting content for you guys in two weeks. We are a community, and we've been loving growing with you for these past 15 episodes, and we're going to grow with you some more. It's a more wonderful insight and personal stories coming up next season. Yeah, so tune in in two weeks to the podcast, but we'll still be over on Instagram posting, so you won't miss us too much. As always, Melons, be different and be kind.